1: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast app.
2: <laughs> Welcome to my world. Oh no! I'm <laughs> you wanna fight, Drake? <laughs> Wait, you be there you
1: some cloud
0: hey everyone welcome to episode 146 of the DCAU review I am one of your hosts Cal and with me is my good friend good brother. And the gentleman that runs our Twitter page, it is Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 146 of the DCAU Review.
3: That's right, and as we continue on reviewing Batman Beyond all February long, we have come to yet another episode that I had almost no memory of. Same here! Uh, so, that being, of course, Armory, uh, as we'll get into, it has some some. it's another episode that focuses more on uh, Terry's high school friends and... Sort of there, the, the characters connected to the Hamilton Hill High side of things.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm wondering why some of these episodes, like, maybe we just... I know there was a period, we've talked about it before, where you weren't really allowed to watch Batman yeah. Beyond because of, like, there were some episodes that scared you. Yes. Um. I guess maybe we didn't watch reruns as much. I, I'm curious as to why these episodes, uh, this week and last week, are episodes that were not in... They either weren't in heavy rotation, or we didn't. We just didn't see them a whole bunch. Didn't have them recorded on videotape, and they weren't in the heavy rotation on Saturday mornings for Kids WB. So, uh, and I guess we didn't watch them a whole bunch when we even after getting the DVDs. So mm-hmm. it's almost like we're getting new Batman content here at, at times. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's a lot of
3: this. It's like yeah, I, like I vaguely when I read the synopsis of the plot, I was like yeah, I. I I vaguely remember i probably watched this once as you said like on, when we got the dvds right but it, yeah another one that hadn't made a a, a great lasting impre- impression which as we've talked about in the past sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad you don't have the nostalgia goggles the way we might for uh certain episodes of the original batman the animated series or even superman but on the other hand, it also means that uh, you might you might be a, perhaps willing to be a bit more critical of it because you don't have that sort of uh, that nostalgia for it. So, interested to see what uh, what side of the fence we fall
0: on this week. For sure, absolutely. So, as you mentioned, the episode Armory is the episode that we are covering today. This episode originally debuted back on March the 11th, 2000. Well, at least according to the DCA wiki page. Uh, so, before we get kicked off here to do that and discussing the plot, The animation, visuals, music, and voice acting. Liam, I'm going to throw it over to you uh, to provide us with the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode.
3: Alright, and this is for the episode Armory, which is written by John McCann, directed by Kyungwon Lim, with music by Christopher Carter, and animation by Coco slash Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such... To support his family, a desperately unemployed advanced weapons engineer must steal vital materials for an illegal arms deal and elude Batman to do it.
0: All right. That tacked on and elude Batman makes it a little wordy. Not (laughs) not exactly a fan of the way that they worded that, but... A lot of syllables. (laughs) Uh,
3: desperately, Desperately unemployed advanced weapons engineer is a
0: mouthful to get out but i did it here folks you did it like you're professional we love it all right liam so let's jump into the plot then uh we actually have the return of a character uh here that a a minor character actually that was featured in a prior batman beyond episode as sort of like a an ancillary easily forgotten character
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we have this character jared who uh The episode opens, we are at his birthday party And he is being gifted a a nice new car By his his mother and his stepfather
1: It's It's amazing how many friends you can buy with a rich stepfather Is it possible that we're just a teeny bit jealous? Maybe
2: Talk, talk, talk Let's dance
1: You sure don't do anything halfway, big
2: Jim. (laughs) There's no reason the Tate family shouldn't have the best. And as long as I'm around, that's what it's going to
3: have. And uh, there's sort of a brief interaction of Terry, Max, and Dana sort of remarking on how nice it must be to be able to afford all these these lavish gifts. And and, uh, wouldn't you know it, the rest of the episode from there, it's like we go from... This uh, this stepfather, Big Jim, mm-hmm. uh, slash uh, the villain of the piece, Armory. Mm-hmm. Like it's his story for yeah. the rest of the episode. Like, He's heavily featured. Batman episode. just kind of shows up a few times, like
0: which this- we've talked about in the past. That t- sometimes can be a good storytelling device because. Mm-hmm. Batman not being featured or it's not about Batman or not wholly about Batman trying to figure out who the villain is or his motivation, you really get to kind of sympathize, empathize a little bit with the motivation of the character because obviously we learn here at the beginning that Big Jim, as he's known, uh, he's, he lives a lavish lifestyle. Uh, we previously saw him in Spellbound. I mm-hmm. believe uh where he he was getting married to Jared's uh mother and her mm-hmm. their wedding was unfortunately ruined by by spellbinder. <laughs> uh he uh I, I think the sequence is that he uses the 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 spellbinder gimmick to have her to, like throw away her jewelry or whatever it is. Yes, she thinks the, it turns the, into the insects.
3: giant bug uh, sequence of that episode. There so. you
0: go. One of the episodes that ultimately led to you uh, getting banned from <laughs> from what watching up? this. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so we have this character returning, so again, it's not a character that was necessarily featured, but at least it was, he was, he was, uh... He did make a previous appearance. So he lives a lavish lifestyle. He's gifting his his stepson this expensive car, and Max uh, is certainly jealous and mentions that in the very next scene we learn that he's being laid off from Wayne Powers, uh, courtesy of Paxton Powers, doing some reorganization. Of course, it's alluded to, and certainly uh, Big Jim seems to insinuate that he thinks it's because... uh, corporate greed is at play here
2: laid off paxton powers wants to move the light weapons division into new areas you mean he wants to dump me and hire someone else at a lower salary i won't dignify that with an answer due to recent market reversals your severance package alas will be modest i built that division up from nothing i was in special forces i've got degrees in electronics and engineering they'll have to hire two people to replace me
1: take it easy jim
2: Look, Karen, I just got married. I'm remodeling the house. I've got alimony. Things are tight. I mean, you started out as my assistant. Put in a word for me. Let me outsource as a consultant until I can find something else. There's nothing I can do. Yeah,
3: that's, uh... Yeah, we don't get too many episodes. we talked about this, that focus on Paxton Powers. We talked about sort of the... Uh, the repositioning of the show to, to show to focus much more on the high school side of of Terry with the with the second season certainly mm-hmm. um, that sort of carries on. So this is kind of one of our first mentions of Paxton still sort of being. I guess a figurehead at Wayne powers, despite the fact that I, I think in another episode, it was said that Bruce was back to sort of take a more active role in the company right. after Derek powers. Was he
0: must out still be him. on the board regardless.
3: Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I guess he is still has some sort of position of power with, with the company and has made the decision to cut, to cut, uh, Jim from, from his job. And, you know jim kind of begs and pleads we get a little montage of him going on various job interviews and he's him telling his family you know it's going to be fine i've got all these different skills they mentioned he was in the special forces that he was this incredible you know weapons designer he's an engineer he's a you know a scientist so he's like i you know of course i'll get another job again in no time and he uh he keeps getting no's, or can you hold on or we don't have anything for you right now type uh, type responses and begins to get more desperate as he he wants to continue to provide this sort of lavish lifestyle
0: for his uh, for his wife and his his stepson we kind of get also that while he's while he's out on this job search he's trying to do the the sort of classic like hide this from your family thing yeah. like he has to be the man of the family and not show that he's terrified of what's you know not having a job he right. has to be strong in the prototypical male of the household and not show right. weakness and also still allow for his wife who they 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 keep talking about these different uh, upgrades and construction that's happening on their household that just seem to be very lavish. So yes. he's in some way feeling the pressure that he can't say no to this to this woman that he loves, or to really let her know that maybe this isn't something that he can continue, or he wants to continue to to have this uh, this lavish lifestyle, and and you know maybe. V- there's no real motivation for it but you know maybe it's motivation of losing them or you know that they're that they're not going to see him as the person he was mm-hmm. he kind of ties his identity to this lavish rich lifestyle that he's provided for this his wife and, and stepson. Yeah, and that's kind of touched upon I think towards the
3: end of the episode when when Jared and and his mom sort of find out that that uh, Jim is this this new supervillain Armory and that he has been Stealing all of these products To make this big sonic drill For this uh, shady arms dealer Named uh, the Tremendously named Istvan Hegedesh <laughs> um, From some con- unnamed country Put some is... respect on his name <laughs> That's right, it's a heck of a name Very fun to say Istvan. Um, Istvan
1: What can I say Jim? These cutbacks affect everyone Force Tech can't afford to bring you on board Force Tech has a short memory Istvan I've helped you guys out before, under the table. And we paid you generously. Of course, there are certain unofficial job opportunities. Like what? You once mentioned a sonic wave device that could shatter steel, the perfect anti-tank weapon. I designed it, but Wayne Powers passed on a prototype. Force Tech has contacts with a certain foreign government that is, oh, temporarily in disfavor with the world community? If you were to build them a prototype, they would be embarrassingly grateful. It's not that easy. I'd have to steal the specifications and build the thing from scratch. I understand, Jim. If it's too much, you can always go live on your modest severance package. But our client won't wait, and neither will I. I need an answer now.
3: But uh, he's uh but there's sort of a mention of, of Jim going like well I was I was just afraid I was going to lose everything so I, I worked with this guy to to steal these parts and 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 his wife and and uh Lorraine and uh and Jared both kind of you know both kind of lect- not lecture him necessarily but tell him like of course we would have stood by you during all this of course you didn't you know we didn't we weren't all you know we didn't all only love you because you were providing us with you know these these creature comforts these physical things, so it's it's yeah but it's definitely that sort of uh that sort of uh classic archetype of yeah the the head of the household loses his income and is determined to to keep you know keep everything as normal and moving along as normally as possible for his for sure. family, even if he has to do some sort of uh un uh, uncouth things to uh, to keep the the cash rolling in absolutely, and, and that's sort of the the path that he's taken on here is he is uh, tasked by Mr. Estevan Hegadesh to uh, to uh, track down these different parts to build this giant sonic drill, which, as uh, mentioned, could be a a prototype anti-tank weapon, not unlike a, a sonic drill we may have seen in like a few other episodes, including uh, Off Balance, which you yeah. can check out our review of that episode with the episode's director, Kevin Altieri, uh, uh, back in the archives at DCAUreview.com. But... Uh, yeah, and as we mentioned, it's it's mostly that that is the story of of Jim sort of planning these heists and then sort of being worrying that he's going to get caught and sort of dealing with the guilt and and not and not letting his family in and and then Terry sort of uh, is kind of as we said kind of a background player there both both sort of heists that Armory is involved in Batman shows up to, to fight and they they have a uh, fisticuffs which we will certainly get more to in, in I think in visuals um uh, and then Terry is able to kind of piece things together thanks to a sort of one-off conversation he and Max run into Jared at uh, at a CD store Cal. <laughs>
0: you know those things F- that definitely still exist 50 years in the future from now whenever now is but there's right. still I, I speculated you could it could easily be explained away as just as there are vinyl stores now that people probably you know mm-hmm. 20 years ago didn't assume there would be now there are places that you you know you can buy <laughs> vinyl in Walmart and, and Target so it's not as if uh, it's too far fetched to think that maybe CDs would have a revolution in you know Fifty years, yeah. Or why not? Something. Sure, I,
3: I think that's that's fine. Yeah. We've
0: seen the revolution and the 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 people bringing back cassette tapes, and that's that right. being that being a thing that the kiddos are doing. So, you know, it, who's to say that C, CD stores couldn't make a comeback in fifty years?
3: Absolutely. There's uh, there's no, there's just no reason <laughs> to. Uh, assume otherwise and definitely not because the show was made in 1999. And...
0: <laughs> exactly. And they they never thought to think that like technology would advance beyond physical copies of, or libraries. <laughs> but yeah, so the majority of the episode is is Big Jim trying to balance this uh you know pursuit of this technology. He is able to successfully steal items from Wayne powers. And then he realizes he needs an additional part. There's certainly, there's a pursuit that happens both involving the police and Batman that he's able to successfully escape from. Uh, Batman or Terry rather is able to track him uh, to the next place that he attempts to uh, steal technology from and does successfully. There's another, Another battle between the two of them and then um, Terry eventually meets or Batman eventually uh, arrives back at Big Jim's house and that's sort of where everything culminates is Estevan is there with Big Jim and uh, in the meantime Jared has gone snooping around his father's dress or his stepfather's dresser and found the uh, security code Mm -hmm. just happened to be written on the back of his dresser drawer and uh, uses it to break into his uh, father's workshop when he isn't home. And then uh, Estevan and, and Big Jim arrive shortly thereafter Jared is, of course, outed from his hiding space by a rogue spider that just happens to be crawling around. And uh, then it, Batman uh, arrives quickly thereafter. They see him with a security camera. And then uh, Estevan takes hold of the aforementioned sonic drill, starts using it as a weapon and uh really has Batman right where he wants him, right, right in the crosshair, is about to do away with him, and Big Jim steps up and uses one of the weapons that he had previously used against Batman, the sort of Freeze—it's sort of like a freeze gun in, in a way. Mm-hmm. It creates an ice block or something around Istvan's uh, hand, so he stops him from killing Batman. Esteban turns his attention to Big Jim to try and t- take him out. At that point, and Batman saves Big Jim. So uh, we get a final scene with Terry and Jared and uh, Max walking through the hills of Ham or the the halls of Hamilton <laughs> Hill High. Easy for me to say. And uh, and uh, we we learn that Big Jim—they they, they were—he was cooperative with the investigation. And they, they were the judge was lenient in his sentencing, but it is implied that he went to some sort of jail or won't be won't be home for some time.
2: <laughs> so the judge was lenient. I'm glad. My dad cooperated in every way. Of course, he won't be home for a while, and there's that fine. Yeah, I heard you lost a car. You meet more interesting people on public transportation. Hey, I got my sister's car while she's away. Anytime you need a ride, I'm there, Jared.
0: You never made that offer to me
2: maybe you're spoiled
0: so not only does he pay with time lost and and being in prison but he ultimately has to pay more money uh in the end anyway but uh that's sort of the the resolution here crime doesn't pay Uh, as the old adage goes, I guess. So
3: yeah, yeah. This is definitely one of those stories where, like, most of the problems could have been solved if these people had one conversation, right? Like, and it, and again, this is this is a trope not exclusive to, Batman Beyond or cartoons or superhero stories in general. This is a this type of story is very, very much something that is just a trope that has existed, as you mentioned, for a long time. Yeah. But it's. It does. It's like, well, if he had one one like honest conversation with his wife, like none of I this don't, happens.
0: So, but here's the thing: like, I don't think uh, it, no disagreement, alarm. But I'm going. I want to say, like, based on I've I can think about things that I have done that a simple conversation probably could have solved them as well. And there's just that human aspect sometimes of thinking like this is the only option I have, and I'm going to do this, and this may seem like dangerous or unlawful or and i'm not saying i've done unlawful things (laughs) i'm just saying like your brain goes to that well this is the this might not be the right thing to do in this this case but this seems like the best and easiest way for this problem to be solved so i'm going to do this so i can relate to him in that way and thinking that you're you're like you're taking a shortcut. It's like, all right, well, this, th- doing this, having a conversation with my wife and her stepson about, like, hey, I'm not going to have enough money to make you happy, so I'm going to do this ridiculous mm. plot, yeah, while it is certainly, like, taking that and blowing it out of proportion and being, like, oh, to this magnitude of, of, <laughs> of becoming a supervillain sure. and robbing big tech companies to build a weapon for a foreign government. Right. Uh, As a human, I can track the thought of this seems like a small problem to somebody outside, but if you're not in the situation, you're going to do. Sometimes you do crazy things thinking that that's going to solve the problem, and you just wind up in a bigger mess because of it. With that said, becoming a supervillain is a little bit out there. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where the trope comes in. It's like all right well you know did this person need to to use this to go this far to become a to start robbing multiple big tech companies and trying to kill batman and working with foreign governments to build high-tech weapons that are going to be used possibly in traitorous actions yeah we went zero to treason real quick (laughs) Um. right exactly but no, I,
3: that that's a fair that's a fair assessment though. Is that sometimes your your own pride and, like you said, the sort of old school feeling of I'm I'm the man, I'm the the father, I've got to be the one providing, and I can't you know I can't ask my my son to return his car, or, right. or the wife to not go ahead with these remodeling plans that she has. I just gotta. Just Gotta get that money, however I can. Like right. I said, it's it's it is. I, I maintain that I think it's a it is a, it is very over the top because of the lengths it goes through in, in a superhero story. But you're right. It's not. It's certainly not a a a, a completely outlandish motivation.
0: I was going to say the only thing that I can think about is like true crime stories where spouses like kill the other spouse for insurance money to pay off debts or whatever (laughs) or, like, to avoid... Well, I don't want to have to pay this person alimony, so I'm just going to kill them. It's like how does one's brain go to that that motivation or like this is going to be a thing and not think about the consequences or think right. that this is this is the best best easiest thing for you you're going to be able to do this this is a little bit in in that in that same vein of well i'm going to just be a supervillain for a little bit and then everything's going to be okay he even in his explanation to his to his family big jim ends up saying like this was just a stopgap. This is just something that I needed to, te- you know, to hold right. us over until I got my next job. That right. was all that it was supposed to be, and it ended up getting out of control. So he does he, like I can in some way track, but it is it is a little ridiculous. I'll say that that's fair,
3: and uh, yeah, that that that's fair. I think uh, uh, we can get into our scores here. Overall, like I said, I don't I don't dislike this episode at all. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was it was a little outlandish for my for my taste, and I think maybe just the lack of focusing on Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not that uh, anyone involved in the story, either from the writer's perspective or from uh, certainly when we get into voice acting perspective, did a bad job when it comes to the uh, the Jim Jim Tate slash Armory storyline. But sure. it's just it's not a character we know anything about or right. like have a lot of a reason to be emotionally invested in again sort of what we talked about with uh with the last resort episode of focus and the the high school friend in this case who also isn't really even the main focus it's the high school friend's dad right um it's also a character like you said we've seen one other time and maybe he's in the background of a few other scenes but it's not like it's not like this is max's dad or dana's dad or somebody that like we actually have some emotional investment in so yeah, I, I I ended up settling on a six out of ten. I don't I don't uh, like I said I don't dislike it. I think it's it's a solid, easy to watch time, but it's just uh, it's, it's I don't know. I just didn't didn't feel super invested in the characters.
0: Yeah, I I went with the same exact score, six out of ten. Um, I I think that yeah, the plot itself again, it's not an original story either. So it's right. you know it's one that again we're familiar with the trope. So if and, and if you had used a character that was a little bit more. Um, you know, it made more of an impact to you that they made this decision. Maybe this would be an episode, and Batman Beyond didn't really do this, but a two-parter sometimes allowed Mm -hmm. you to kind of build in some of that emotional connection with brand new characters. Absolutely. Uh, You know, some of the best episodes of Batman the Animated Series were able to do that. Whether I mean, so Two-Face, you know, obviously Harvey Dent had been a character prior Uh, to that episode but that really laid the groundwork for having an emotional connection with that character and his ultimate sort of turn to villainy afterwards really has a higher impact because you got to learn and sort of emotionally connect with this character that was that was struggling with his mental illness or or even feet of clay where you have this character of matt hagan who you didn't know who it Mm was but you Quickly, sort of have an emotional connection with this guy because you realize it's he's sort of you know it's it's more of an addiction type thing. So there's, there's time for an emotional connection to be built in that. Where this he starts out. And you kind of you kind of have a little bit of of that with him getting rejected from his his uh, you know his job applications, and again the allusion to sort of the corporate greed factor of downsizing. Mm-hmm. But it's very rapid fire, very rapid, quickly. And as you said, he goes zero to treason very quickly. <laughs> in that you know suddenly he's at a table with this guy, and he's agreeing to build a weapon for a foreign government. It's mm-hmm. like. All right, well, we didn't have a lot of time here to build to that. So maybe if this had been a two-parter, it crescendos sort of with that initial battle between, or uh, you know, crescendos with him coming to terms with this. Okay, well, I don't have a choice. Maybe he even struggles with that decision at first. Right. Going back and forth, and he realizes he goes back home and has a conversation with his wife, and maybe she's... Because she's not aware of of you know the monetary worries that he has, she continues to put pressure on him about getting the house done, and he feels like he has no mm-hmm. choice but to pursue this you know this this you know, helping out this foreign government. Uh, so if that crescendoed at that point you have a battle with batman he escapes and then the second part is them you know him coming to terms with the realization that he's he's kind of full full on supervillain at this point Mm -hmm. and it maybe feels like he's beyond redemption or or what have you or come to terms with the the weight of realizing what he's done um as it comes crashing down maybe that could have been a little bit more impactful
3: yeah i think that's a that's a fair way to, to look at it there's it is a uh, after all only only 22 minutes so we kind of have to as as we said kind of jump right from the little birthday party scene to him losing his job to to him kind of getting so desperate he'll make the deal and, and and all of that and then we got to work in our action beats because it's a you know it's a it's a batman cartoon right so
0: You're going to jail. Easy or hard, it's up to you. Here's a tip. Hard isn't fun. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Liam. Well, let's move on to animation and visuals. Uh Coco Dongyang in charge of this episode once again. And uh man, I think I think visual and animation uh, was the strongest thing for me um for this episode overall. What did you, uh what did you like about the anim- animation and visuals? Yeah, I uh,
3: I think the the most interesting part is definitely just all of the varying uh, gadgets that uh armor uses in his his various fights with batman and the police uh first thing we see is like this grenade that creates like a holo- like solid holographic wall that <laughs> like that, that, that a couple cop cars crash into and then sort of fades away it's the old wall in a box uh, sorry, <laughs> that old trick um it, it reminds me a lot of a lot of the different like gang weapons that we see in superman sure. um Certainly, in tools of the trade, um, so it's just it's just kind of like what it. What if he had a gun or a grenade or a weapon that could do that? And right. Like, yeah, that would look cool. Let's do it.
0: And they lay um, the groundwork that he's a weapons designer. Mm-hmm, he's the top mm-hmm. weapons designer. You know, working for Wayne Powers and, right. as you mentioned, worked in special forces. So right. he has a background. So and while it may be a little bit like all right, we just need this for, for the plot, so we're going to have him do this. There's at least an explanation early sure. on in the episode that he has a, a history of kind of creating some of these prototypes, maybe. Even. For sure, yeah. I think there's, like, a...
3: like a, It's, like, a combination, like, Taser and, like, Bola or something that, like, it shoots out, has, like, little tendrils that wrap around Batman before it electrifies him, and mm-hmm. so that, was, that was clever. We get a, a cool, like, POV shot a few times, actually, throughout this episode as... We get the the view from inside the cowl sort of all in red, and we have this sort of like static effect go across the uh, the uh, the visor that we can see. One out of those of. cuts
0: cuts to commercial, actually, right? Yeah, which is a good I thought was a good transition as but, well.
3: Yeah, agreed. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so I, I definitely think that the different armory represents Weapons, including his his color changing and perhaps self repairing uh, <laughs> truck that he escapes in um, so definitely I think armory and his various uh, his, his wonderful toys are definitely the, the most fun on display here
0: yeah, they had a lot I think they had a lot of fun with that. We already mentioned also he had a, a freeze type gun that he used multiple times mm-hmm. that kind of sticks Batman to to a wall and then is later used uh, to save Batman uh, from Estevan. Um, we, we did mention, of course, the sonic drill that's put into play later on. That, that, Works very similarly, it seems, to the the, the aforementioned sonic drill from uh, Off Balance uh, that mm-hmm. they used in that one. So uh, interesting that they went back to that well with that type of weapon. Um, I I also had noted the the different viewpoints from anytime you get the the visual from inside Batman's cow I think is is a unique. They they don't overuse it either, so that when it does show up. In the series, I feel like it's it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that uh, let's see what else did I have here. Um, oh, there's in the initial battle between Batman and Armory. There's a uh, Batman gets kind of knocked on his butt, and the his, as Armory's driving his big SUV or Hummer or whatever it is at Batman. Batman's sitting behind this generator or something and Mm -hmm. uses the the rockets uh, in his boots to shoot to launch the projectile at the car which i thought was a a pretty ingenious way to use usually we see them them used when batman's flying Mm -hmm. uh certainly to add a quick escape if he needs it but for him to use it to sort of weaponize it as Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, you know to to launch a projectile i thought that that was unique um, we do get to see Terry on his motorcycle again, That's Right. Uh, so that makes an appearance. There's even a, a cool little hand thing, a uh, hand handprint scanner, uh, used to to open up a a, uh, a little area on the bike that has the the bat suit inside. Thought that was cool. Uh, Terry also goes low tech in this episode yes. using the uh, original Batarang and rope. Well, the new Batman Adventures That's Batarang right. and rope. Uh, we, we see him use that after, uh, after, after Armory uses a, uh, what do they call those? E, Uh, EMP, EMP, that's Uh, right. It's like,
3: but it's not like it doesn't, it's not like a bomb. It's like a, a gun. So, uh, Armory uses it on a, on like a dry, like a riding cop car. One of the, like, whatever you call the floating cop vehicles, uh, not not a blimp. Not a blimp. It's not a helicopter. It's, it's like whatever that car. advanced flying
0: vehicle is. That's
3: right. Whatever whatever those are called, he's <laughs> 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 he shoots one of those and it kind of crashes down and goes into, you know, these like barrels of, of oil or whatever it's supposed to be Then ends up catching on fire, creates this big explosion. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, he shoots the bat suit with it. So Terry needs a, a quick escape and I guess that the rocket thrusters aren't firing so he, uh, or the, the wings won't re- retract or whatever. So he, yes, he throws out the, the old school battering on a rope and it's just kind of hanging on a, uh, on a, on a light post. That was a, I thought that was a clever little bit that like, that would be something that he'd he and bruce would have prepared for at some point yeah uh, by this point in the series that it is possible that someone could damage the suit where he wouldn't have his regular uh arsenal at his disposal yeah and would uh would keep a few of the old gadgets with him as well just in case so i, I liked that um and uh yeah that 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 bit there when the fire and explosion is is happening and the cops are kind of all run, running away from it and Terry drives this big giant uh, like dump truck looking thing that has a bunch of sand in it and like turns in it it's smashing against like the walls of this warehouse where they are and then he turns it and it falls over on its side and the, all the sand dumps out onto the fire to kind of contain it I thought that was a really clever uh, and cool uh, cool visual uh, deal there and then yeah the final fight is it's brief it's it's Terry Terry shows up at the at the, at the shed and as uh as jim and his family are kind of having this heart to heart and Hegadesh uh, takes the drill when he when they see batman there because once again terry forgot that he can be invisible uh <laughs> and uh and so he starts getting shot at by this sonic cannon and maybe even,
0: he should write that on his hand like the should, hand of the suit like it's like a reminder turn yeah, invisible like a
3: sticky note in the batmobile <laughs> when he's about to get out by the way you can turn invisible <laughs> whenever you want uh, <laughs> and funny. uh yeah so and then as, as you mentioned uh, big jim kind of saves the day there and then batman uh, is able to capture hegedesh and we get our happy ending. But yeah, I, I think overall, visuals definitely the uh, the strongest part of the episode, and, and I settled on an 8 out of 10 for visuals. Nice.
0: I went just a tick higher. I went 9 out of 10. I think that, uh, for the most part, I, I think that certainly the fun is had in everything that we listed there. There's a lot of action in this episode, which, unlike last week's episode, we talked about maybe <laughs> plot not being so strong. Uh, this week, plot... Neither of us gave plot super high scores, but making up for it as far as the action is concerned, the visuals keeps you entertained Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it's dragging at times and keeps you interested even if the plot itself is like eh this isn't so so great (laughs) uh but the actual visuals themselves i think armory's uh costume also i I didn't mention that but armory's costume itself you know he's just wearing a sort of a black hood uh with sort of this very militaristic type you mentioned uh sort of getting a a lockup type Mm -hmm. feeling to it or uh maybe maybe the same tailor that mad stan goes to too. i'm not Adrian, sure yeah. uh but uh, either way he's got you know he's just sort of wearing a, a tactical vest and a, and a hood but very very the design is very effective he's got the the classic white eyes of uh mm-hmm. of you know that you find on the batman cow or in a lot of other villain cows and uh works very well uh I, I i think that the visuals are very strong for this episode and certainly is reflected in the scores that we gave for sure all right Liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be music for this week. Uh who did our music for this week and uh what were your notes? Yeah, it was uh once again it was Christopher
3: Carter doing the music uh this week and it's funny we talk about a lot of the time the action music kind of fades into the background but I but I actually thought uh, especially in the first uh chase scene that the uh the action the action music it's very drum and and guitar bass but i thought it actually stood out i think because there's not much dialogue mm-hmm. um it's just batman chasing armory and nobody's really talking so i think yeah know, they don't have verbal spats yes. back and forth or anything yeah, the, like yeah, that yeah there's no quipping in uh, in this mm-hmm. one so there's uh there's a you can kind of notice the music even in the action beats i think a little a little more clear i think uh, as well in in the final fight uh, outside of the shed there's like a really really kind of cool bass line that's going through the uh the music, the action music, in the, in that final scene and uh, that final battle as well. Uh, yeah, so I think the the action music, as much as uh, in a lot of episodes, we we kind of note that it, it falls into the background behind the sound effects and the the dialogue and everything because these scenes don't have much of the dialogue. I think you could actually kind of pick up on on just how driving uh, the the music really has to kind of take more of a front seat to drive the action because you don't have a lot of act acting and reacting going on
0: no i agree with that there, there's multiple chase scenes that happen in this episode so that that's always something to me that is is sort of made make or break by the music that accompanies it and mm-hmm. it seems to me uh the shows in the dca you do a really good job of of always having some sort of music that adds to the scene and doesn't detract from it mm-hmm. so they continue that here. I agree with you. I think the that base that baseline that sort of runs. It may be running through a synth, or it might be synth just a synthesizer used as the baseline. Um, it's. It, I noticed it in that final final scene. I also noticed it in the prior uh, scene with the with the fire that we talked about and mm-hmm. the battle between Armory and, and Batman there. So having a theme, while it's not a dynamic theme that stands out like you would say a, a a typical supervillain theme would mm-hmm. there's a theme that runs through and plays multiple times. That's always something that's appreciated and you can pick up on. It's like, okay, so this is this, this adversary's theme, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it changed up a little bit throughout there. And then, uh, we get at the end of the, that culmination of that final battle, you get the Batman beyond theme played in a little bit of a different way. It's played, I think with straight synth. Uh, as opposed to your typical guitar, so that's that was appreciated. Different different sound there. Uh, nothing like stood out completely and was like, yeah, what a great punctuation mm-hmm. or what a great you know that was a great. Whatever, uh, as far as the music is, when we usually t- typically give it a higher score, um, but with that said, I gave it a seven out of ten, so it's I you know p- higher compared to maybe the last couple of weeks that we've given scores for, and um, I think I think it does its job for this week's episode. Yeah, and I went uh, just a tick higher with an eight out of ten. Um, I, I genuinely
3: think this is a like I said, I think just because of the way the episode was structured, it it needed to kind of do some more of the heavier lifting than it does in a lot of other beyond episodes. And, uh, I think it, I think it did its job, uh, pretty well there, especially
0: in the action scene. So, uh, yeah,
3: very, very job well done by, uh, Mr. Carter.
0: Perfect. All right, Liam, let's move on to our last category for this week, which of course will be voice acting. We have, uh, not a huge cast this week, but, uh, certainly some voices that we will recognize. One, is in the conversation for going up on the Mount Rushmore of DCAU voices, just maybe for the sheer amount of voices that he's done. Uh, another one is, uh, is one that you might recognize from another universe's cartoon series. And then we have a couple of our returning cast members. So let's, uh, let's talk about this week's voice cast.
3: Yeah, we've got, uh, as you said, not a huge cast here, but we have, uh, Vernie Watson as Lorraine, the, uh, jared's mom and and jim's wife uh not not much asked of her but she does a, a solid job and yeah, she's uh, solid uh we have uh omar gooding returning as uh as jared uh the younger brother of cuba gooding jr i oh, am yeah. um, as uh as well and yes he's re- it is the same voice actor from his uh previous appearance so oh, he was continuity <laughs> here, so uh you like you like to see that and then you had uh as mentioned, uh, we have Corey Burton, the, one of the greatest, most prolific voice actors uh, of all time. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, here he is playing the, again, spectacularly named Esteban Higadesh.
1: Untraceable, tax-free. A small down payment. Not bad. I still need to swipe a high-capacity circuit board. You made quite an impression on the web. They're already calling you the Human Armory. You build this stuff, you test it, but you always wonder how it'll work when the pressure's on. Are you satisfied? It was like war. It is a war, Jim. Every great conflict is centered around economic struggle. Your personal battle for financial security is no different. Tell it to Batman. He almost got me. You may have to take him out. After all, wars have their casualties.
3: he's got well, a little
0: bit of an accent
3: yes it's uh, again it's they don't say casnia this time but mm-hmm. usually when you have that sort of uh, eastern european <laughs> uh uh accent going on it's usually Kaznia is usually the, the country trying to do something they shouldn't be doing of course so we, we shadowy
0: can't... eastern european yes
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they don't actually name what uh what country he's doing business on behalf of but uh, you can you can kind of uh, piece it together perhaps but uh he does a solid job, and of course, as as per usual, he also voices. I think a couple of the cops, and <laughs> uh, I think one of the one of the other guys that uh, is interviewing that Jim is interviewing with to try to get a new job after he's fired. And
0: pretty sure it's mandatory if Corey Burton does any voice, he has to do at least three or four for the yeah, episode. Of course, I think that's just it's the, in his contract. Yeah, that's the the,
3: versi- <laughs> the gift and curse of being such a versatile actor, I think, is, uh, especially in a vocal. Uh, in a vocal medium, you gotta, For sure. you're you're going to be asked uh, to do a little extra heavy lifting than than some of your other guest stars. But uh, yes, and speaking of which, we have briefly we have Lauren, Tom, and crease Summer as Dana and Max once again. Uh, Terry is ignoring Dana, and Dana <laughs> has to like yell at him to come <laughs> dance with her at a party. <laughs> Just ah, the worst. Um, but, uh, no, they don't, they don't, they don't add or subtract much from the story. They're just kind of around in a, in a couple of scenes. But, uh, and then, yes, we have, uh, the returning, we've actually talked about him a couple times before, but Dorian Harewood as the voice of Armory slash Jim Tate, uh, who, of course, uh, voiced a character in the episode, uh, The Forgotten, Batman, the animated series, uh, Riley. mm mm-hmm. But, uh, he would be better known to, I think, other folks of other superhero animation as the voice of War Machine in the second season of the Iron Man cartoon after he replaced uh, Uncle Phil yeah. uh, from Fresh Prince, who had done it uh, in the first season. He uh, he took on that role from there. And
0: I would call Mr. Harewood hashtag my War
3: Machine. I'm just going to throw that out there. He's definitely the one I remember more of. I think because that second season, at least visually, is such an improvement on the first
0: one. And and he played a he played War Machine in the Incredible Hulk appearance That's that right. uh, Iron Man made on the Incredible Hulk animated series, which yes. we had like one or two episodes of that show on videotape, and yes. were, were in heavy rotation. That's right. Uh, so yeah, he's hashtag my my War Machine, <laughs> but he he does. I mean, for for not having a lot of di- not having any dialogue as Armory, mm-hmm. but. He amazingly has the majority of the dialogue for this episode. No because, question. and And he has to, he sort of has to carry that through this sort of emotional roller coaster that he goes through of being this sort of, like we already mentioned, the embarrassed patriarch of this family feeling maybe emasculated because he doesn't have a job and mm-hmm. can't provide for his family. So it's this balance of trying to, and he's also increasingly getting irritated uh, with his family and upset because he has to keep the secret from them so
2: still no official comment from wayne powers regarding last week's break-in however sources state that armory may have accessed top secret research files i told those dummies to beef up security jim honey mr sweem wants to knock out that old rock fireplace
1: and put in italian marble i wasn't sure i'd like it but he faxed over these designs i don't care it's just that even discounted, the Marvel is going to be twenty percent above the bid, not including
2: I don't care. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap. Whatever you want, hon, I'm sure it'll look great. I think I'll get some work done out back. See you later.
0: I think he demonstrates great range from his performance in this episode. Yeah,
3: I agree. I think you you kinda go through the different emotions where he's just where he's trying to keep on this brave face for his, for his family in the first couple scenes after he loses his job. And then his sort of the desperation that begins to creep in. And as he's, you know, he's being turned down for, for job after job. And and then finally going, well, this is, you know, t- having this conversation with, uh, Estevan, um, and his, his playing off of Corey Burton, this kind of sleazy guy taking advantage of this kind of desperate, uh, Family man in that case, I think I think that all that all works works really well. And uh, yeah, he has he has to do kind of a lot. And as you mentioned towards the end, uh, when he's sort of pleading with the family, like this, was, look, I was just going to do this to hold this over until I could get my 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 real job back or another you know another respectable job. I was just just doing some light treason until <laughs> until I could get there. But he's but the way he's sort of pleading with it, and the way you see, he has sort of justified it to him himself and uh and like i said while it may be sort of an over-the-top uh you know borderline silly plot device i think his performance uh, elevates the material to an extent and and uh, i think he did a a very good job there
0: yeah and then of course um we have will Dell as Mm -hmm. as terry and batman who doesn't have a whole (laughs) lot of dialogue here He, he has a couple scenes uh the scene at the cd store that we mentioned and then and then sort of the there's a wrap-up scene where they're back at hamilton hill as we mentioned where uh max is is talking with jared and and uh you know about having to give his car back after after the uh the events that have happened and there's some there's a minor joke played between max and and terry but uh not a whole lot from our from our main star of this week's episode no not not very much at all and uh, though he is credited, uh, Kevin Conroy does not
3: appear in this episode. Um, Bruce yeah. Wayne does not appear in this episode. Uh, Kevin Conroy never appears because it's a cartoon. <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne does not appear, so Kevin's, Kevin Conroy's voice is not heard, Yeah, um, despite him being credited. So yeah, there isn't even, as we mentioned that in the action beats, you don't even have that little bit of, like, Terry talking to Bruce that we usually get in action scenes like that. So it uh, definitely created a, a unique environment. But yeah, not a... A lot was act, uh, asked of our of our guest cast, certainly, and uh, especially of uh, Mister Harewood, and, and he did a very solid job with it. And uh, I
0: gave voice acting a very strong eight out of ten. Yeah, I gave it the same exact score, eight out of ten. How about that? How did, what do you know? Um, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's uh, it's solid. Maybe a little bit of Kevin Conroy would have would have pushed that <laughs> pushed that up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Having having another strong, but having one strong actor and then everybody else just kind of being good, yeah. Sometimes that reflects in a yeah. in, in a not perfect or over the top uh, score there for us. So for sure. All right, Liam. Well, that will uh, lead us to our final scores for this week. Tallying everything up, I end up with a pretty respectable thirty out of forty. What about you?
3: And wouldn't you know it, Cal? I came up somehow, even though we had different scores for all but one category (laughs) we somehow still arrived at the whole same darn
0: final score
3: it's a rarity a 30 out of 40
0: it's a rarity when we disagree by a wide margin let alone at all so that's right so these are the occupational hazards of uh you know and other other reviews like i'd be curious to go back and look at at like sig i mean (laughs) Siegfried and roy roger (laughs) roger ebert show like Um, ebert and roper and check out how often they disagreed on things mm -hmm. if it's just like this is how we view things or personal taste or what have you I, i i don't know um but yeah, it is it is a rarity that we disagree as far as uh, as far as final scores, or at least by wide margins. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing some of those, you can check them out in the archives at dcaureview.com. Uh, before we go on and wrap this episode up, Liam, let's talk about rewatchability for this episode. We already mentioned it's not an episode that was in heavy rotation or had a lasting impact on us mm. necessarily from prior views. Doesn't feel like there's a whole large impact in the scope of things as far as Batman is concerned. certainly not a whole lot that you learn or that moves or or advances the plot of our characters or our mm-hmm. main characters here. Uh, does have a returning character from a prior episode. Uh, where do you land as far as 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 following up with this as a as a must watch or <laughs> skip it?
3: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about only the must-watch, I would say this is an easy skip. Sure. Um, I don't think there's any. Like I said, I think it's an enjoyable enough episode. Certainly, some fun action and and some good voice performances. Uh, but nothing nothing that happens here affects the main character of the series that being batman or sherry mcginnis going forward or even our other side characters like like max or or dana and obviously jared i think this is his only other speaking appearance i think he does appear in the background of a few other episodes but um he's not a character that becomes like a super important part of uh of terry's inner circle or anything so yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with this episode. It's a fine way to spend 22 minutes if you if you have some time to kill, and it's not one you're, like us. You maybe don't remember it. I think it's worth giving a watch. But as far as rewatching them, if you're if you're trying to go back through and just see the cream of the crop, I think this one's a pretty easy skip.
0: Yeah, I guess it's hard sometimes when we break this down as like. The criteria of rewatchability. This is an easy rewatch because there is a lot of action, I think, that happens. Um, It's not a mystery episode. It's not mysterious as to who the the identity of the Armory character is. So it's not like that gets spoiled. You learn that very quickly as to who this who the main antagonist is. Uh, so there's fun to be had. It's not a must-watch when it comes to the overall story of the DCAU. Not There's not even any advancement or lasting impact on the characters here. It doesn't seem Terry learns a lesson. Right. Uh, so it's not as if his character needed this story for anything. So... If you're looking for fun episodes, yeah, this is one I would recommend. If you're looking for integral <laughs> to the overall story, yeah, not, not necessarily this episode. Uh, as far as as far as that's concerned, so Agreed. it's tough when we get into these sort of nuances <laughs> of rewatchability. It's kind of hard. Uh, so we never really defined whether rewatchability. We, sometimes it, it it depends on the episode. It's rewatchable because it's. Integral to the story. Right. Sometimes it's rewatchable because it's fun. Sometimes it's because it's iconic. Well, that's the thing. Like,
3: if someone, if someone who maybe was a newer fan was like, "Hey, show me," you know, th- "give me three episodes of Batman Beyond to sure. watch so I can like get the gist of the series." This would not be on that. That's list. fair. That's absolutely. So, like, true. I would, I would say, like, yeah, if you're a fan, if you're already a fan of all these shows and you're already a fan of Batman Beyond, you you can certainly rewatch this one and have a good time with it. But. As far as like, if you're trying to sh- you know introduce it to a newer viewer, or are like I said, are trying to do like sort of a an integral episodes rewatch, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's certainly not a must watch, but certainly nothing wrong if with popping this one back on for a rewatch in the future.
0: Agreed. All right, man, let's wrap up this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, check out the archives at dcaureview.com. You can check out every episode that we've covered, including bonus episodes, uh, things that we don't cover in our normal reviews here. Those are a lot of fun, including Batman The Adventures Continue, the comic book series, talking about different DCAU toys, DC Direct. We even talked about the Berlantiverse slash Arrowverse. It's uh, the Arrowverse. Yes, yeah, it is the Arrowverse. Gosh darn it. Sorry, St- Captain Amelson said it was the Berlantiverse, not me. (laughs) Anyway, uh, if you're interested in checking those out, go back in the archives at dcaureview.com or on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to us. If it allows you to leave a review, say, on an Apple podcast, we would love for you to do so. Uh, That helps with the algorithm, helps get people uh, to notice us as a podcast, gets more ears on it, uh, and makes us uh, motivated to do more things. Not that we're not motivated already. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of motivated, if you are motivated to support the podcast, you can head over to dcaureview.com, click on the store tab, check out our store, check out the merch that we have to support the pod grab a shirt a hat a mug a sticker something uh, to your liking and let us know Uh, tag us in a post if you get it Uh, we would love to see that Uh, we don't run ads here on the podcast so that's the only type of ad that we run here uh, support the podcast by buying our merch if you you like us absolutely Liam uh, people can also follow us on social media at DCAU Review both on Twitter and Instagram you can even find us on Facebook if you look really really hard but we don't really (laughs) talk about that because we're not big fans of that but uh, if you do follow us on Twitter that's where we, uh, where Liam likes to interact with people, we talk about the episodes we've done, we talk about upcoming episodes we talk about themes uh, we do all that, talk about even things that are happening in standard DC continuity in comics these days, or even uh, DC films uh, w- usually though on our, in- our Instagram and our Twitter you can find clips and certainly previews for upcoming episodes Liam, let us discuss the upcoming episode that we'll be covering on next week episode of the dcau review that's right and we will be wrapping up february with one
3: last batman beyond review that being the very next episode in the order that the blu-rays provide us with uh which i think actually might be air date order by the way okay um, which is a uh, the inverse of the batman the animated series and superman dvds which go by production order interesting so uh, but it appears we are going an air date, but that is the next episode uh, in in the order that the the discs have told us, and that is the episode sneak peek, which is ah. a sort of a strange. I do remember this yeah, one. Yeah, a tabloid man who seems to have this innate ability to get these incredible inside scoops, these very like paparazzi secret recordings of uh, celebrities. And maybe even gets a shot of a certain uh, non-caped crusader with his mask off. Ooh. Which uh, may, might create some problems for our for our heroes. So definitely look forward to finishing out February with a
0: uh, pretty big and memorable episode. Yeah, look forward to doing that. All right, Liam. And until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Reveal. Bye-bye.